0: If you want to overcome overwhelm for once and for all, this is the place for you. Hello Mama Docs, welcome back. So glad you're here. Today I have a guest and I am so excited to have a most wonderful conversation. I will let her introduce herself. Welcome Dr. Laura Hockman.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm Laura Hockman. I'm a family medicine physician, and I started a company called Happy Day Health, where I help match doctors with private practices where we can practice with autonomy and enjoy practicing medicine again. Oh my gosh, that is so fantastic. I can't wait
0: to dig into the details. We met each other just a few weeks ago, I think virtually online. And I thought to myself, I have got to talk to this woman because I speak to all of these women physicians who have different struggles in life, and many of them have to do with practicing medicine. So when did you start this, and how did you come to this realization that this was so needed?
1: Well, the company only started last year. This has been a twinkle in my eye for probably about five or six years. The realization that something bigger needed to happen came when this was about five or six years ago, I was in private practice and the practice was sold to a large hospital system. And at that point, the when I was speaking with the hospital, the first time I spoke with them, I had asked a few times in the meeting, what is your non-compete? What is your non-compete? And they kept glossing over it. And eventually when they told me, I straight out said, there's no way I'm signing that non-compete. That's just deal breaker. And they still glossed over it. And I still kept telling them. And then eventually one of the people in the meeting said, well, you know, just kind of thinking out of the box, we have some other types of contracts you can look at. And the meeting ended saying, They said, we'll send you our three types of contracts and why don't you pick one and then we'll look into it further. So they did. And I told them I would pick contract number two to look at. And they came back saying, oh, we're surprised you don't pick the first one because it has benefits and all these other shiny objects. And, you know, they so they didn't even hear what i had said about the non-compete and then even the second contract had other things in it that were also very one-sided and um could have really trapped me so long story short i ended up walking away from that contract in from that hospital system entirely but the other physician in the practice didn't because she felt like she didn't have a choice and so this is what i see a lot and you know i being burned out and so you know burnout is another big issue and so Back at that point, when I walked away from the hospital contract is when I wanted to do something bigger. And the idea that I had was to teach doctors how to negotiate and teach doctors what to negotiate. But that's not really, that's not my thing. I just, I don't think I'd be as good at it. And it's not my thing. Other things I thought of were lobbying or, you know, I, I came up with all these ideas. But over the next few years, I ended up helping friends and colleagues match into practices where they ended up being happy and they went from being super burned out or, you know, one was even in a litigation with her employer for something she didn't even do wrong. And I ended up realizing how rewarding it was and how much of a difference we can make by just helping the small private practices who can't find doctors to find physicians and helping those physicians to to find a practice where they will be happier and less burned out. So the business happened organically, but I realized that I can use it to change a lot of lives and I can use, a, use it as a platform to be a true physician advocate.
0: That is an absolutely wonderful story. So I'm just curious, you know, I've heard from several people who mentioned feeling very trapped with non-compete clauses. And I think that it can really amplify burnout and become a dangerous situation when women are perhaps bringing in the majority of their income for their family and something is going on at work and they feel the need, the desire to leave. And then the non-compete clause is there. So in your experience, is this something that comes up frequently or what is your experience with that? Because again, that was kind of the impetus for you to like say, Hey, we need to do something differently. And I'm just curious what you've learned over the years in working with other physicians.
1: Yeah, I see this come up very commonly um, and from both the physician side and the private practice side where, you know, from the practice side, a practice wants to hire someone from a certain hospital system, but they can't. And at that point, the hospital is essentially trying to just squash their competition. And, you know, from the physician side, it's the doctors don't know what to do. One, one friend of mine had a non-compete so large, she had to move three hours away if she wanted to leave that system. Oh my goodness. Yes. And technically that's not even enforceable, but you know, the hospital could and often does come after you. So it's scary. And I don't think that's the only thing that makes us feel trapped in our positions. You know, as you know, a lot of it is our personal sense of responsibility to ourselves, to our patients. Uh, We feel like, we're some sort of failure. If we were to leave a practice, you know, there's so many things that keep us in our jobs unnecessarily. The non-compete is a big one, um, but there's a lot of the pressure we put on ourselves as well. Yes.
0: That is so good to bring that up because not only to our colleagues, to our
1: patients, and then
0: I've also heard so many people say like, I put in so many years, you know, what if I want to do something different? Like I, we did all those years of our training. I hate to leave medicine. And so many people don't want to leave medicine. They just want to go somewhere they're honored and have like better life balance, that sort of thing. And so I think that's a really good point. It's not just the non-compete, it's like multiple things. So to have support when you're trying to imagine this sort of change, I think is really important for folks.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So what, who would be the person who would so
1: benefit from working with you? Oh my goodness. Well, any doctor that is looking at a contract, they're always welcome to ask me advice. I'm happy to help any physicians with that. Um, I work with private practices that are having trouble finding physicians. Um, And, you know, my I love working with physicians to help them um, find a practice that's a better fit for them. Um, So Sometimes I'll work with doctors who, or, you know, just speak with doctors who aren't quite ready to leave or, you know, they're just looking for what's out there. And at that point, you know, I speak with them, see what's a good fit. And then if something comes up, that's a great fit, then I would contact them. And that's great because then they're first to know some of my practices that I work with are available for a few months if it's, you know, harder to place uh, practice and some are just available for a week or two. So if physicians want to be notified as soon as something comes up, If I know what they're looking for, I can help them find that potentially pretty soon.
0: An image just came to mind and I hope it's not offensive, but I like see you as a matchmaker between physicians and their dream practice.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my friends call me a medical matchmaker.
0: That's exactly it. I'm (laughs) like, oh my gosh, you understand what the other person wants and you bring them together. I absolutely love that, it's so cool. So how do you have, I mean, obviously you've done networking and have contacts. Do you work just with, for example, clinics in a certain area or is this like a national thing that you've got contacts? How do you get that information about who's hiring?
1: As of right now, I'm working nationwide. I have been extremely fortunate that it's been word of mouth. So people will reach out to me if they're hiring and we speak. And um, if it's something that they need and want to move forwards with, then we do it. Oh, my gosh.
0: So like literally you're a matchmaker. So uh, clinics who are hiring come to you. And is it just in family medicine or other
1: clinics uh, hire as well? The most clients, the most practices that I work with are family medicine or pediatrics. Uh, but I do work with some other specialties as well.
0: Awesome. So you kind of have a database, understand what they're looking for, and then individuals contact you, and then you try to see if you can put them together, is what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then um, I'll reach out to people as well because not everyone knows who I am. So I'll certainly reach out to people if they're interested in learning about the practice. Oh my gosh, that's so fantastic.
0: And I suppose once people work with you, they again just keep sharing like, this was amazing. This was such a seamless process. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. What kind of additional supports do you offer folks that you're working with besides saying like, okay, here are a couple options that might be helpful? I mean, you mentioned like looking over contracts. It sounds like maybe you do that or you give them advice of where to do that. What other support do folks who are kind of going out into the waters of like considering a new job? There's a lot running through their mind, right? They they're like, please help me. What other kind of things do you help them with?
1: You know, I've had some doctors reach out who are burned out and don't know why. And so this, you know, obviously is not a paid service. I, I'm i always happy to speak with people and figure it out. And um, I've spoken with, you know, one guy reached out to me last week and it turns out he had death by a thousand clicks and very, very high turnover, which, you know, is very indicative of something else going on. And so we kind of... Figured that one out. And he's like, Yeah, if something comes up, you know, I want a city that's bikeable or, you know, whatever. And another physician I spoke with a couple weeks ago actually loved her practice, but the commute was killing her. So she's out there looking for other jobs when really she actually is somewhere she's very happy. And it, it may even just be a, a matter of just adjusting how she works, you know? So I kind of spoke with her about, you know, speak with them. You're looking elsewhere anyway. So what have you got to lose by speaking to them and, you know, maybe working from home one day a week or adjusting your hours so that you're not driving in traffic. So that's just kind of an added benefit as well.
0: No, that's fantastic. So if someone's saying like, I'm thinking I want a new job, like, yeah, they should definitely speak to you because it could be that they could just really fall in love with where they're at with a few tweaks in the way they're thinking about things and or asking for what they want. Yeah, exactly. How do you find that we physicians are at asking for what we really want? Oh, we're terrible at that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you think that is?
1: You know, I, golly, I think about this one. Uh, I I think a part of it is that in our training, we have to do what we're told. And so after doing that in college and medical school and residency, we come out with the mindset of we have to do what we're told. We get no business training. We have no idea, you know, what we can ask for, what's reasonable to ask for. And it's posed as there's no option It's this way or the highway. And, you know, that can be problematic because if you're interviewing somewhere and you're agreeing to something that is not what you want, that could lead to some pretty long term issues. That's a big contributor of burnout or unhappiness or dissatisfaction in the workplace. I think you just hit the nail right on the head. And I agree. Our training definitely set
0: us up to just go along and be uncomfortable. We trained ourselves to like not even take a break to use the restroom during the day. So, it's no wonder that, you know, if we aren't real excited about something on the contract, we're like, well, this is just how it's going to be. I've had some people say that they just go along with it thinking, "Oh, it'll get better later," or later when I'm more immersed in it, then I can ask for change. And I find that most often that does not happen unless they get some outside help. And again, I have the coach bias, like, you know, that mentality, like, yeah, we can help people recognize what's holding them back and ask for it. And it sounds like you've got a way to like help people just question, like, do I really want to do it this way? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just want, I'm just going to tell the listeners, you can think about it differently just because they say it's got to be this way. You have a human brain and can use it and decide what is it that I truly want, right? What do I desire?
1: Yeah. A lot of people don't realize we have a choice. We
0: have a choice. Absolutely. Well, no, they said they're not hiring part-time. I'm like, okay, but what if you said, this is what I'm willing to do? Mm -hmm. This is the wonderful care that I'll provide for your patients, you know, come back to me. Because I remember when I was looking for a job, I had one child out of residency and I knew I wanted to work part-time because I knew I wanted to have more children. And not that you have to work part-time if you have more children, but for me, that was what I knew I wanted. Well, when I was looking for a job, like nobody was hiring part-time. Job share was a little bit of thing, you know, back 20 years ago, but not very common. So I kind of snuck in, got the interview. And then I would say to them, thought a little bit more about it. And I'm for my family, I'm going to be willing to work three days a week, which was really a huge thing for me to be able to say back
1: then. I I applied for a full time job as well, and um, I was upfront from day one. I I said in my very first interview, I'm working two days a week. That was, you know, I also had small kids. That was important to me, and um, so. I'm testament to this as well. We ended up compromising and I worked three days a week, but same thing. This was a full-time job. I worked three days a week. They liked me and wanted to bring me on. And so they went out and found someone for two days a week. Exactly.
0: So this is really interesting too. Not only can physicians, we realize, hey, we can be flexible. We can ask for what we want. But I think it's really important too for clinics, for those of you who are listening who have input, like you can be more flexible too.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it worked out great because then you can share. We never had an issue with coverage because if I was out, she, you know, she would take over or, you know, the one day her dog got sick and she had to take care of her dog and I just jumped in and covered for her. So it actually ended up working out better than if there were one physician. Absolutely. And so I think that there are ways to be flexible, but sometimes you have to take a step back
0: and start getting curious. This is what I talk to my clients about. Like, let's get curious about this. Cause when we're just like, Nope, it doesn't work that way. We just shut all the ideas down.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Yeah. How do you start in your questioning when you're when someone reaches out to you and says hey you know I'm not really happy I'm not really satisfied what kind of things do you ask them to kind of get an idea a picture of what they're looking for because I think so many of us are in this box we don't even realize that there's more are there ways that you kind of help open their mind to what it is that they're really looking for
1: at first I just listen I just listen to what they're telling me and then you know it's so much easier as an outsider to hear what people are saying and to know what is important to them. Sometimes it's just that a person just lights up, you know, for an example, I was speaking with someone who was, who called me up and said, I'm looking for a job. You know, this is what I'm looking for. And, you know, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, well, you know, have you thought about just listening to what she was saying? I said, have you thought about ever opening your own practice, which obviously would lose me business, <laughs> but it's, it's fine. That's not, yeah. it's an option, right? You're open-minded too. Like, oh, that is an option. Exactly. And when, you know, when she started speaking about this, so her answer was, oh my goodness, I would love to open my own practice. And this was just, I mean, she just lit up. And so by the end of the conversation, she ended up deciding to start her own business, her own practice. Wow. So so a lot of it is just listening to what's important to them and listening to what they're saying and what they're not saying as well, or you know, reading between the lines. It sounds
0: like and almost giving permission to do that. So for this woman, you're like, yeah, get after it, right? What's holding you back? I mean, of course, fear and doubt are the big drivers of us just staying in an uncomfortable position. But again, this is something that I talk to people about, like, yeah, change can be uncomfortable, but you're uncomfortable now. Mm -hmm. So this is just what I want people to know. Life doesn't need to be quite so hard. Work doesn't need to be miserable, right? There can be so much joy and excitement. I mean, think back about why we went into medicine, because it's fascinating. It's so fun. It's fun to work with patients. It's fun to like stretch our mind, but sometimes the drudgery kicks in, burnout happens. And I just want all my listeners to know that change is possible. Help is available. Dr. Laura is here ready to be a matchmaker for you, right?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let me match you. What is one of your
0: greatest joys in working with physicians?
1: I love doctors. So my favorite part of the day is speaking to doctors. So whether it's a practice or a candidate or, you know, sometimes I'll call people and um, out of the blue and we end up having these fascinating conversations about where medicine is going or what we can do for the future or how we can help medicine. That is absolutely my favorite favorite thing. I love meeting people like you who are doing something about it. And, you know, very commonly I hear, well, this is just what we're given, or this is, you know, what they're telling us to do. But when I meet people that are actively working to change the status quo, that is by far my favorite thing in what I'm doing now. That's so fantastic. And I'm so grateful that we
0: met. As I mentioned to you earlier, I said, you know, I'm starting to get a little fired up. My listeners know I get a little bit fired up that yes, the system of medicine needs to change, but individually we can start to make little changes for ourselves, And that's going to ripple out when you find a job that you love, you know, for example, like make the decision to either leave your practice or start your own practice, or just do some mindset work to really fall in love again with what you're doing. That is contagious right? I think a lot of us get in this victim kind of complaining mode. And I know I've been there. So again, I don't mean to rip on our profession, but I think a lot of us are just like, oh, it's horrible. It's not going to get any better. It's going to take so long. And again, what Laura and I are here today to talk about is like, it can get better. And there are amazing
1: ways to get help for yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And whether it's working with a coach like you who can help with your mindset or help you figure out what to do. Um, There's so many things you can even just negotiating a contract. Every little thing that you do can be helpful. So it doesn't have to be something gigantic, like starting a business, starting a podcast. It doesn't have to be something so huge. We're all part of the ecosystem. So I think of it like the COVID vaccine. If I get my COVID vaccine, sure, I'm not going to get that, that sick from COVID. But if, way more of us say 80 90 percent of us get the vaccine well gosh there's the end of COVID. maybe not the end of COVID but it, it can make a drastic difference for everyone working in the hospital and that's how I see all the changes that we can make on a small scale whether it's negotiating or standing up for ourselves or making what we want known there's so many things we can do let's do them That's what I think, too. I think
0: that's so fantastic. And I love the idea of the COVID vaccine because I know these physician listeners totally get that. If I create change for me, that's not going to affect change in the system. And what we're saying is, yeah, it really does.
1: Mm -hmm. If I'm the the only one that
0: come together,
1: the better. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm the only one that walks away from my contract, well, great for me. I didn't get stuck in the contract. But if all of us are willing to walk away, well, guess what? The hospitals can't run without us. So The administrators don't know what they're looking at, that they can't put in the orders. So they need us and we need them. So let's make it mutually beneficial.
0: I think that's so good. I think so many people are just afraid, even when they're being told, okay, for instance, you know, someone had a contract, said they were going to be working eight to five. And then this past year administration comes and says, okay, now you're working from seven to six, at least, you know, a few days a week. We're extending the hours for our patients. And there's really nothing you can do about it. Like, what if everybody just stood up and say, uh-uh, we're not doing that?
1: hmm That would be huge. Yeah. Why are we so afraid? I mean, I think people are really afraid that they're going to be fired. hmm Exactly. And, and if you are fired for something as simple as that, well, golly, good riddance. Well, and here's something interesting. Again, I don't really dig into the contracts, but I'm like, if you signed a contract that
0: said you were working eight to five, for instance, and now they're telling you that you're going to be starting at 7 a.m. every morning. What,
1: what, what two feet do they have to stand on? Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah. And that's not always um, spelled out in the contract, but along the contract lines is, you know, when you're, you're looking at that contract and it talks about the non-compete or anything it needs to, it needs to spell out when the non-compete or anything in there that's not great is, is viable. So if they let you go, well, they can't keep you from working. So you know, having a good contract lawyer is important um, so that they can spell out all those little details. Yeah,
0: I think that's huge, right? Having somebody who understands all that legalese to look it over with you and who has your best interest in mind is fantastic. So here's a question for you. If somebody is in a job and they're dissatisfied and they pull out their contract that they signed a few years ago and realize, oh, yep, there is a non-compete, What would you suggest that they do? So now they might be feeling trapped. What
1: would the next step be for this individual? There's a few things. So first off, you want to really think about, well, gosh, how unhappy am I? Is there anything I can change in the practice that I'm at? And often once you're at the point of pulling out your contract, it's past the point of no return. They can do whatever they want. Once your mind is set, it's pretty hard to change it. So, you know, there's a few things. If it's a really large non-compete, one option is doing locums until the non-compete is over. It's not easy, but you know what? In the long term, if you're out of an abusive situation, that's that's a good thing. There's sometimes the hospitals will negotiate with you a little bit. So, um so if you're ready to leave and maybe even have a job lined up, if you are willing to walk away from your job at that point anyway, I would speak with them and see what they can do. I had a friend here in town who she had signed that non-compete that I walked away from. And she ended up actually being able to negotiate with them a way to leave where she worked there one day a week for a year or two years until her non-compete technically was over while she was working at the other practice. So I would certainly, you know, always have a conversation. It never hurts to just speak with your administration and see what they can do. That's fantastic advice.
0: So again, I just want people to hear, like, you're never stuck, even though when your brain is like, you're backed into a corner, there's nothing you can do, but just keep working day after day. If you're really feeling that stuck, please reach out to somebody because there is help available, right? Whether it's Laura, whether it's Probably an employment lawyer, somebody can help you figure out a way to get out of that situation because it is not healthy to stay in a toxic environment.
1: Absolutely. And start sucking away money. Cause you know, if, if you're so dependent on your salary that you can't leave, then start sucking it away so that if you leave even without a backup plan, that's okay. That's
0: a great idea as well. What else do you think listeners should know about the work that you do? and just about working as a physician in
1: general oh gosh you know the biggest thing that i like to always spread which we've covered a little bit today is you're not trapped you're absolutely not trapped you know sometimes i'll have people say oh i wanted to reach out do you have anything in obigen in the houston area as an example and well no i don't right now but you can certainly speak with me and you know let me know what you're looking at and if something comes up i'll let you know or i can talk you through your situation Sometimes that's when the conversation ends, but, you know, it's okay to still at least have a conversation because who knows what comes up. Things change all the time. And, and just knowing that there's someone on your side is so huge. You know, we, we're so stoic as a profession and it's okay to reach out and speak with someone.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, my listeners hear me talk about mental health all the time. Sometimes people feel ashamed, like I, this isn't working out. What am I doing wrong? Sort of this like berating rumination that goes on. Like, why am I the only one who can't hack it? Like just all this negative self-talk, which can be very dangerous. So to reach out to somebody and just state the facts, Hey, this is where I'm working. I'm having troubles with A, B, and C, you know, what other ideas do you have? It just helps your mind realize you know, that there are other options.
1: Yeah. And oh, something else that's so huge. You know, before I started this business, I was in the camp that I know many people are of, nothing can be done. Medicine's going in the wrong direction. This is just going to get worse and worse and worse. And ever since starting it, I got to meet the coolest people like you or, you know, Dr. Una, Dr. Dewey. There's so many people doing things to actively change this, what's going on. And I feel optimistic. I feel like medicine is going to get better for everyone, for patients, for physicians, for everyone. So while some things may keep going in the wrong direction, there are so many things that are being worked on that I feel optimistic. I think even just three years from now, we'll see a noticeable change. It may not be perfect, but I think it will be noticeable. I would have to say I agree with you 100 percent.
0: The more people I meet, the more waves that are being made, the more physicians that I speak with are feeling empowered to stand up and say, hey, you know what? I don't love this anymore. This is not what I signed up for. And I'm going to do something different. And even just that small act of it's not really defiance, but a little bit, just like we got to start small sometimes to say like, no, I will not come in at 7 a.m. every morning because that doesn't work for my family. That small act again and again, consistently starts to expand. And so I agree that I think there's amazing potential. I think we women, again, men too, they're part of going to be a part of the change, but like we can reclaim medicine. Absolutely. We can make the changes that we want to see one at a time. And that's what I believe my role is here on this earth, is to help empower women to realize like, hey, I don't have to follow the societal norms that I have to do this and that and the other thing and feel guilty all the time. Like,
1: forget it. Stop it. Yeah, so. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, your your role is amplifying or, you know, empowering people to make those choices. My role is people that have already made those choices and make them happen.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. So Laura, after our conversation, I know that my listeners are going to say, I need to reach out and talk to this woman about opportunities.
1: How would people get in contact with you? I would love to speak with you. Please do reach out. So you can reach me either directly on LinkedIn. My name is Laura Hockman, MD. My website, which has a contact form goes directly to me. That's www.happydayhealth.co you can email me. My email address is laurahockman at happydayhealth.co. That is wonderful. And listeners,
0: there will be links to all of this in my show notes. So please check the link and go and talk to Dr. Laura. Before we wrap up today, I just want to ask if there's any final things, any other message that you'd love to share with all these women physicians who are listening today.
1: I'd like to share that medicine will get better. You're not trapped. Make the changes. You have a choice. You don't need to be working those crazy hours if it's not working for you. Really think about what it is that's important to you and go ahead and make that happen. I will just put a big stamp of
0: approval on that and say, I can't wait to see you till next time. Bye. Are you ready to take control of your life and put these tools into action? I'm here to help. I offer free consultations for physician moms to see if my one-on-one coaching package is right for you. You can sign up for a free consult at www.mamadoclifecoach.com.